Hi, everyone. Uh, and hey. welcome to podcast, I believe, number 16. Oh, old enough, old enough to drive. Old enough to drive. Yeah. And Not well. No. Not well at all. No, it's considering how poorly I can drive a, top, a train of topics from one destination to the next. I don't think this podcast is ready to drive the car. You're oh shaking your God. head. Oh, my God. I am an American treasure, I'll have you know. <laughs> well, it's American, so it can't be that good. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Sam Brady, one of your co-cats, and joining me, as always, is the America-hating. What? No, I'm a total patriot. Veronica Lovecraft, hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? It's just been, it's been a whirlwind. It's Last been a night, I recorded uh, episodes of the barely known CAF podcast. Oh, yeah. Love that show. I, I'm so happy that it's getting that sweet, sweet podcast bump. <laughs> but uh, after that, we watched The Wrestler. Oh, oh boy. And that movie was, it was so sad. It was very sad. I just sat there for whole minutes in bed with my eyes just slightly tearing up at the yeah. end of it, just like kind of staring at the blank screen. <laughs> Was... That was an awful movie. It's a good movie, though. It's, it's really good, but it was so sad. The part where he's in the ring with all of, like, the staple gun and stuff. Ugh. I could not watch it. I we had, had to, to make... fast forward. Yeah, I had to make Sam fast forward. I just could not. So brutal. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like so many movies will have you, dump you in this place, where you're at this place where someone's like, nah, not again, not with you, I'm not going down that road with you, and you, you never really get there, you're just at a static place. But this mm-hmm. really powerfully depicted this, no, I'm not trusting you again, and then slowly gets convinced to trust the person again, and then it's better than it's ever been, and then it's worse than it's ever been. Yeah. That sort of up and down roller coaster of, of, of that. I think this film kind of, beautifully depicted that in a way that's just so heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah it was uh well I, I i don't really need to say much more but it was it was really sad and made yeah. me cry i read a lot of reviews of it because when i am really fascinated by a movie that's something that i do and one of them I, I can't recall who it was to credit it but one of them said the actor gives a howl of pain in his performance that seems to come from a very real place mm. yeah so anyways, we don't like wrestling or have never really seen it at all. Um, that said, there's, there's, that movie is for anyone. It's, it's, it's the heartbreak of just having this persona that you're kind of trapped in that's so different that you have to feed so much and then just having nothing outside of that persona. Sort of yeah. thing. So it's, it's there for anyone. So, Good um, movie. You should watch it. Uh, let's give it a rating. So how would you rate the movie? I would give it... Um, seven sacks of kittens out of a possible seven sacks of kittens. Oh, wow. Seven sacks. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And those are hard, those are hard sacks to lift, so. They are. That's Because it. not only are they heavy, but they're, like, moving around a lot. And they're physically heavy, but it's also an emotional burden to put kittens in a sack like that. Oh, I get it. That's why it's seven sacks of kittens. I'll give it a six out of seven. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So watch the movie and let us know how many kittens you put in a sack for this movie. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's just so sad. Do you want to go into some topics that we've been tweeted at since we asked for it for the yeah. last time? Sure. Let me just unlock my phone. You just just direct that unlimited charisma you have right into that mic. Well, oh, uh, okay. Great. This out. So stop touching the desk. Huh? Well, <laughs> I, when we are recording podcast, what you don't see because this is not a visual medium. Um, is that I'm always telling Sam, stop touching the table. Get your hands up. 
don't do this. And he's always like, I know. And yet he continues to do it. I kind of don't mind having this. Yeah, I but really this appreciate is, having this. This is uh, this is a gigantic mouse pad that I bought. This is I want to. Oh, say, I just meant I don't mind having this with my arm, and I appreciate having my uh, having the ability to rest my arm here. Like but this. that's why we have armrests on the chair. I don't like them, <laughs> and I have to be like leaned forward to be the mic. The mic's right in front of your face. It's not right in front of my face. Oh, okay. All right. Well. There you have it. That was our first fight. (laughs) (laughs) Live for all you guys to watch. Are you happy now? There's no us outside of the ring. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't like it. Just kidding. What about these sweet, sweet things that you were telling me about? All right. So Rob Weeks at Zombie Slag on Twitter um, responded to the bat signal that we threw in the air uh, just yesterday after we released our last episode and gave us a lot of topics to top out. Just going in no particular order as I find them with my phone. Favorite outfit and why? Oh, okay. This is easy for me. My favorite Ugh. outfit is these really shitty black pants. They're just like little stretchy pants. I have um, a pair of underwear that I really enjoy wearing with those because they're just comfy. They're little uh, purple boy shorts and I just love them. They're great. And they've held up for such a long time and I feel like they're on the way out and I'm really sad because I don't remember where I got them. Mm-hmm. So I might have to go to MeUndies.com and figure <laughs> out what to do about new panties. I don't know. At, at least for relaxing panties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got my my black... Um, I, I want to say they're just like lounge pants. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of which, if you use the code podcast at MeUndies.com, nothing happens. But it's just, you know, something I... Yeah, exactly. Exactly nothing will happen. I learned it from you, podcaster. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a variety of shirts right now. I'm wearing one of my favorite shirts. Um, it's, it was my dad's shirt from a long time ago and it's just a little fire department shirt and it's very soft. And, um, if you've seen me playing games on the internet, you know, this little sweater hoodie thing that I wear all the time. It's just a blue t-shirt type material and I wear it all the fucking time. I take it with me to movies. It's the most comfortable thing. When it finally dies, I am just going to cry. I've had that thing for several years now. You do tend to bond to particular types of clothing. Like your hoodie is one of the ones that comes to mind mm-hmm. too. And you just... So that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant this shirt. No, no, my blue hoodie. The, okay. The, it's like t-shirt material though. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. It is iconic. It is. I wear it all the time. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? I also love hoodies. And I've hugged a few hoodies to death. One hoodie I really loved and I wore it until it was just totally threadbare was the N7 hoodie from uh, kind of a Mass Effect promotion. It was just such a solid hoodie. Looked cool. Felt badass. I got the shoes that came with it because I'm a sucker. And I just loved it all. Um, I think they had some good apparel. Um, I currently um, have two Star Trek hoodies that I really love. Um, Oh, they're both from the same site, and I cannot recall the name of the site. The site is called thinkgeek.com. That's it. So they're both Think Geek um, Starfleet hoodies that I I really love. One is the yellow sort of classic Starfleet gold. It's got like a little combat there, and it has the uh, old school original series Captain's Rank insignia on the sleeves. And I really love that one. I wear it to work. And the other one is the Starfleet tactical hoodie, um, which kind of looks like the Chain of Command era um, Starfleet intelligence undercover wear. Uh, if you're familiar with that. And uh, that one I don't wear quite as much because it's got all these superfluous buttons, which look cool, but kind of get ripped out of the hoodie pretty easily and frequently. So I'm kind of not wearing that one too much. I only wear basketball shorts or professional slack pants. 
I don't wear anything in between. I am zero or I'm a hundred on um, sort of my apparel. And so weekend Sam wears basketball shorts and weekday Sam wears slacks um, every, every day of the week. And I really love the slacks that have got the little flex sort of thing that's becoming a little bit more fashionable in pants that feels nice because I some, my weight sometimes goes up a little. So um, I, I love those. I always have a pair of pants that has the nice stretch that feels great. And um, yeah, that's it. I like pants and hoodies. Yeah, I, I like I like pants and hoodies too. Mm-hmm. I also tend to splurge on novelty socks quite a bit. Uh huh. So I have a, a, a fair collection of novelty socks. And, that's fun. Um, th- that's a fun thing. That's always a really good gift for me that I feel like I've really put out into the universe is just if you want to spend $2 on a Christmas gift for me and it's just a pair of novelty socks, I'm probably going to be just as excited about that as like an iPad. How very Professor Dumbledore of you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I am in this strange place of loving kind of fancy clothes and like to be sort of dressed up and never, ever spending a cent on my clothes. <laughs> Veronica has to make me purchase things or buy them for me because I'm really bad at... Um, yeah. Just... I don't I don't mind that at all. I, I enjoy shopping for clothes for other people, for myself. It doesn't matter. And I really appreciate it because I would um, really neglect it if, if I didn't have yeah. to do that. So thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Just going through some of these. Well, this is a great radio. Well, you know what? Dead air. Sometimes you have the prompt right there, and sometimes you scroll up on Twitter. Sometimes. There's a couple of them. I can just say them out loud. We can choose to go with them or choose not to. I don't think we want to go with all of them. Not to say they're not all great. But one says childhood trauma, but like just scary stuff, not sensitive stuff. If you're comfortable, I'm interested in you too. <laughs> okay, I got one. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. So my grandparents built this house back in the back in the either late 60s or early 70s. I, I want to say it might be 71, but it could be, let's see, they moved to Texas when my mom was three. So 69, it was in 69, mm-hmm. that they moved to Texas from California and, uh, and they built this house. And everything about this house is like very modge podge. Well, by the time that my mom grew up and then I grew up, I was, I want to say like 12 or so, and I stepped on this like piece of ground that was often soggy, and I never knew why. And I was just going out to feed um, these little bottle calves that I had, and I just got attacked by gnats. I mean, just Mm. a swarm of them. It was very Winnie the Pooh, and I was very scared, and I had these big... Uh, like milk bottles that were like splashing warm milk all over me <laughs> and as I was trying to run and these gnats were just like all over my face and getting in my mouth and in my ears and I couldn't help myself I was just like ah and so what I ended up doing was pulling off one of these huge rubber nipples and just like splashing it all over myself to try and finish it but I think it's why I don't like gnats or milk now. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't like milk. You will pour yourself a bowl of cereal for milk. You'll eat the cereal and throw out the milk. And you'll still do the same with cookies. You'll pull a glass of milk. You'll, you'll dunk the cookie. You'll take a bite of the cookie. You'll throw the milk out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't enjoy the, the texture of milk. 
at all. So if milk sits out for a while, it's not my favorite. I'll still drink it because I w- will not pour it and then not drink it. But I will. Um, there, I really love it if you have a bowl of cereal, you eat it pretty quickly, and then you drink the milk. Oh, it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Same with cookies. No, yeah. So I think you're missing out one of the best so, parts. So there. that was a childhood trauma for me. I don't like to be swarmed. And I also think that it has to do a lot with me. Um, like, I need space right now because I feel like I'm being um, enveloped in or enveloped in like bad. <laughs> so sometimes I just need like a, a second to breathe. Yeah. But, yeah. You do get kind of claustrophobic feeling. Yeah. Times. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you? Well, let's see. I think that one thing that comes up, uh, I avoided a couple things from the sensitivity thing or things that would be bad radio, but I had really shitty handwriting and it felt like there's nothing I could do. Like I actively tried not to. And it just was always bad. And my teachers were frustrated with it being bad. And my parents were very frustrated with it being bad. And I was frustrated with it being bad. And I just kind of lost any confidence in that it would get better. <laughs> and that was, uh, it sounds silly, but it just, there's a lot of feelings associated with that. Because it, it's over a long period of time. That wasn't a day in class. That was over whole classroom years. <laughs> so that was, that was really hard. Um, and typing was my best friend. I became such a powerful and competent typist at the youngest age you could ever imagine. Like the second I got into a computer and someone just said, you can type and hit these, do these like uh, silly typing programs or whatever. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I became like really, really, really tremendous at it for my age. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to this day, I feel a lot more comfortable that way. I want to, there's a couple of things I want to have the the courage to do in my adult life not for anyone else but for me and one is go back and do music correctly because I played the violin for a long time and I played a lot of it by ear and I was in orchestras and it was frustrating because I could never pass my playing test the first time because I couldn't read the music well but then I would pass it the second time as soon as I heard someone else play it but I want to actually go and do it right and I also want to handwriting I want to as an adult really try to have good penmanship and it's something that Ooh, just even just saying it just gonna, it's gonna take a lot of courage but i'm gonna figure out how to do it god damn it <laughs> so that's there's that uh-huh that's that's really terrible i feel like i have a fairly attractive handwriting mm-hmm. but I it's agree. something that i always uh, really practiced at a lot so um i i think like even still to this day like when i'm just kind of doodling i'll instead like some people draw things i will just write words and things like that and make them pretty i think you've seen that i can sometimes have the the capacity in myself to be sort of avoidant of some things mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen very much anymore because i feel like if i get the place where i'm feeling avoidant of something i'll make a point of just charging headlong into it and really embracing it and so there's a lot of things just around the house or in my professional life i think you've seen that i've been on the precipice of that and then really decided hard the other way i think it's because if i don't tackle them they can snowball into these things that are really hard to undo mm-hmm. like not reading music properly and not being able to articulate that to a teacher to get them to help me and just having this sort of antagonist relationship where they want me to be able to do it and they'll understand i don't tell them that i can't and you know they think that i can't and just think that i don't practice but i do yeah so i i, I can really be avoidant if i if i um don't sh- deliberately try not to be i think for sight reading i wonder you know like when i was a kid there was no internet um but i wonder now if like for khan academy you know if they have like a sight reading thing so you could just learn how to sight read so how that happened for me is i learned violin at like age seven Mm -hmm. i was really really young and my teacher for the music would i I would see the notes on the scale and that would be a-okay but it's all the um Sharps and sharps and flats and different things. I don't mm-hmm. even know the terminology. The key never signature. The key signature. So I never learned key signatures or anything. But she would color 
the the ones to be sharper flat on them and i would copy her colors at home so i would use one as a key and this key signature all of these a1s are um or b's or whatever are yellow and i'd copy that to yellow and then blue and so then i could read it fine on my own and then i'd practice that until i remembered it on that one mm. but mm. Uh, unless i'm seeing the colors and that doesn't happen the first time every time i put it there and i'd have to do a sight unseed test like you do in orchestra a lot I would sort of panic and just guess something and kind of stick to it and often be wrong. Um, and that would really frustrate people. But um, even if it's one that I knew a thousand times, I could see the colors. If I was sight unseen forced in that situation because it escalated to this big thing, I couldn't see the colors. Like, you know, like I would just panic and just guess and, and do it that way. So I had never really advanced beyond that. I had a teacher that I finally confessed that all in at the, at the end there, but I was too busy with school and big things happening to really dedicate the time to practicing and it, it just so like, by the time I was really trying to rip the band-aid off like 12 years into my learning violin it was I, I it didn't really happen that's a, that's so unfortunate that's just a real it doesn't really show any lack on your part but rather that none of your teachers recognize that is well just I only had one-on-one -on -one teachers very briefly when I was very young and, well but still anyone yeah. that watched you play and saw that you didn't make it the first time but you were able to make it after hearing it should have immediately been able to identify that you weren't able to sight read and should have corrected that right away yeah so i always places i've spent my entire career in orchestras i've listened to a lot of pretty good orchestras in the first chair section i never disqualified for first although it was sometimes some drama about me doing that but i would never get to very high rank in that or any good assignments in that because i would be seen as a very solid bet for a song that I had a lot of exposure to, but a really unpredictable thing if you put into a new situation. Mm -hmm. And since I constantly had that perception, I was always kind of last or second to last row, but always first chair, if it was first, second, and third um, mm -hmm. violins. Interesting. Well, I don't really <coughs> play instruments. Um, the only thing I've ever played um, with any amount of proficiency was piano for several years. And um, I haven't played in, gosh, over a decade so I don't even think I would I think I would probably have to start over from scratch but I would really like to learn how to play again and I would actually like to learn um, with one of the kids or both if they want to because I think that'd be very fun um, but I think that would be a, a fun hobby to, mm -hmm. to get, pick back up again mm -hmm. um, I remember I got really good at it my freshman year in college but that's just because uh, I had gotten you know into college with a, a music scholarship and I had to take several uh, music classes and I had two separate piano classes. And so, uh, and, and then you had to log in a lot, a lot of practice hours. So um, for music majors, I just never understood just how they made it through school because you get so few credit hours for the amount of work that you have to mm, do. Gotcha. So it was really interesting. Like um, one of my piano classes, it was two credit hours, but in order to pass on your homework, you had to go in and log 30 minutes of practice every single day, um, with the exception of Saturday and Sundays. But mm -hmm. I was just like, that's that's too much. Just have to live, <laughs> eat, breathe. Yeah, music. and that was in addition to if you had vocal lessons, which if you're if you were a voice, uh, if you did everything in voice, you had piano and voice, and so you were logging. Let's see, an hour, like, so I was at five hours every single day, plus 
all of my other classes that you mm-hmm. have to take as well. So it, it was a real bummer for me, and I did not enjoy uh, enjoy that program at all. Gotcha. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But school now is going going what? But yeah, it's busy. <laughs> the school now is pretty good. I had the most frustrating lesson in geology yesterday. I was listening to a lecture, and um, I thought I took biology last year and I really loved it I just absolutely adored it it was a lot of fun uh, very hands-on and I just have always enjoyed biology I took this geology class at the recommendation of a friend of mine she's like oh yeah you'll really love biology or uh, geology and um, so I took it and the lesson yesterday was on evolution and boy is that a hot topic in texas specifically because there are people that are just like well it's it's a theory so you know that doesn't mean fact and it's like well no that is what that means <laughs> or it's except widely accepted in the scientific community as an explanation for the and that widely accepted is such a high threshold that is underappreciated outside the scientific community well and the it, you know, for the for this purpose, the theory just means that it's been tested so many times that it is considered the fact. Right, yeah. And so it's just so frustrating. But my geology in practical application, act upon this fact. And so my geology teacher gets on this soapbox for like thirty minutes at both the end and the beginning of the lecture and talks about how it's really sad that people think that because of the theory of evolution that that gives them the right to say, well, then this religious belief that you have is not real. That's not true. That's nonsense. And then she goes on about how she's a Christian and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, all right, well, I don't understand why this is in my geology class. It's just... You know, going over your religious beliefs with me, I feel is inappropriate and an abusive. Uh, your power to have a captive audience and your uh, your power to dictate what I make in this class. It, it was very upsetting for me. Yeah, it's really not okay. And so, I, someone who grew up in Utah, I strongly agree. <laughs> there are lines of captive audience that if you grew up in Utah and then you choose not to be LDS or even if you do for, for a lot of folks you, you grow to have this thing about a captive audience and what that means mm-hmm. and what responsibilities that has and how that can be abused and how that can not be because you are going to be a captive audience in, in a situation that is incredibly inappropriate a hundred thousand times yeah in that setting. it was really interesting and then at the end of the or you know at the end of her little spiels um, about why they can both be okay and I'm fine with people that practice religion and accept the theory of evolution. I don't know how you reconcile that, but I don't care either. Yeah. Um, but geology she, should not be the place to teach a lesson of other people can believe differently than you, and that can be okay. Yeah. But not that that is in itself uh, a an inappropriate virtue, but that is not that shouldn't be that's just we shouldn't be lectured to as if we're a Christian audience in that way that's profoundly inappropriate. And I think that one of the things that was super inappropriate is at some point in the lecture, she says, okay, I'm talking to my religious students right now. And then she says things to them. Okay. And now I'm talking to my non-religious students. And then she says things to them. And it's so frustrating because I was like, so you are literally separating what you're telling the religious students from the ones who are not. It was a very different uh, uh, 
lecture that she was giving. It was it was super frustrating. And then it was all under the guise of, I'm telling you this because everyone needs to be informed about this debate because it's ongoing and it affects our education system. And in Texas and in California especially, uh, because these are two highly populated states, um, evolution is constantly under scrutiny because of these large populations of um, Christians uh, and then also Judaism and uh, the Muslim faith as well. And, you know, it's just inappropriate in general. But like the fact that she was like, and that's why I'm telling you all of this. And I was just like, what? <laughs> all right. Well, I feel like if you wanted to be involved in that kind of thing, that this is more of a political science yeah. thing than it is a geology thing. It should be said that she has a section for lectures and videos that she just thinks are interesting. And it's clear that it's not for a grade or not material we have. And there's stuff that's lecture of the expectation that we need to understand the stuff for the test. Mm -hmm. And this found itself in that lecture category. So it's, yeah. it's not her doing it as far as a, just a, a dialogue of students who are, are there of their own free will to want to engage. This, this country is, is founded on a, a strong principle of freedom of religion, which is really important, and also freedom from religion, which is something I hold very dear and something that I sense that a lot of the world wants to take away from me. Yeah, it's a, it was really interesting. I, I, I don't know. I was not happy with that class, and it really bummed me out for the rest of the day. But, you know, that's what I was. Yeah. I think I did well on that lab. Yeah, yeah. I did pretty good on that lab too. They they adjusted the grading because they did ended up grading it wrong. I, I didn't mention to you, but I just saw my grades. Oh, good, good, did good. Well. well, that's great. Um, any other topics? Yeah, there's there's plenty. I'm sorry. One of them that I can just recall from memory as I unlock my phone here is um, about Sam's move to Texas. Oh, Sam's move to Texas. Yeah. So how did that come about? Um, well, Sam was in a in a place with his work where it was just kind of like, I don't know, you were working towards a net negative, you know? Right? Well, I was injured and yeah. working. Uh -huh. So he was injured and working. Um, I had gone out to see him. And at that time, like, I found out that he had this really bad shoulder injury. And I knew that he... Um, worked on roofs and carried solar panels uh -huh. um, up to these, you know, sometimes very tall, you know, two-story roofs. And um, he had told me stories about people who had died from falls on the roof or from a roof. Falls from height is one of the number one ways. If you're going to die on the work site, not later from other effects, but on the work site, falls from height and falls from not even severe height. Falls from just like a roof length or, or less is one of the biggest killers of American people on the work site today. Yeah. And, and it is one of the few categories. It's unique in that it's growing year after year. Like the, the other ones are shrinking. This one is not. It's very sad. Um, so that was a, a big concern. And then um, there was some trouble with his employer and um, paying him fairly. Yeah, and... I, I wouldn't have been in that untenable situation if um, I wasn't working towards building something. I would have been doing other things to better take care of myself. But I had been working towards expertise for this promotion for a long time, and I really worked a lot for that. I, I um, trained people on solar panels and a lot of things. I, I knew a lot about systems. And I was uh, working towards this, this team lead position at this particular company, and I had that job, and I was doing the, that job, and I was told that I was going to have back pay from the date that I assumed these responsibilities. And these responsibilities were severe responsibilities. Like, it was an intense amount of work. You're, you're working 
minimum 10 hour days every day of six days a week usually sometimes seven um, but oftentimes quite a bit more than that you were there 30 minutes early to their truck and you're kind of responsible for the safety of everybody in a situation where safety is a something you work towards and you fight for or it does not happen so in a, in a, in a place a position where that's extremely important and so I'm, I'm, I'm working not quite able to make it, I would have found out of the accommodations, but I'm in this sort of abusive relationship with this manager who's saying that this back bay is coming, this back bay is coming. And then months later, it's becoming quite clear that he's just writing checks that he's got no intention of cashing. And mm -hmm. that myself and then other uh, blue collar folks who have been strung around, around and made choices that they would not have chosen had they had more context into what was really happening in their lives were sort of in. Yeah. And so, um, and so anyways, um, I was recently divorced or I actually recently separated. It took several months to actually get divorced. But, um, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, if you want to come down and, you know, live here and kind of try and start over, that would be cool with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we had been best friends for some time. Yeah. We talked all the time and played all the time. So it really uh, made a lot of sense. And um, I was just excited to have another adult in the house and hang out and have someone to kind of like share life with again mm -hmm. so it was really nice and um it was really cool when you actually moved in because um for me it was the first time in a very long time that i had um a companion that was there all the time and so um sam and i just kind of got you know to do all of the things that we wanted to do uh together and it was really it was really great and, uh, you know, still best friends. Yeah. Still binge watching Netflix. Helped support <laughs> each other to a place we could both get back to school at yeah. the same time. And made that a priority for each other. And that was always a mission from day one. Even yes. just as best friends was to kind of create an arrangement where we um, um, live together and, and, and um, just help it get so we can get back there. Get back at it. Yeah, I think that that was just one of the big goals was school and... Um, a little bit of financial freedom and we've really worked hard um to to get there yeah so i started making kind of not the best decisions for myself because i invested years in getting making this thing happen and then i was being told that it had happened it really hadn't there was never going to there was no carrot at the end there but like it becomes about making it work for another week <laughs> you know yeah. and you kind of know you admit to yourself that it's, it's not going to happen so i had some uh, bills to pay um, from being put in a situation where I, I talked myself into making choices that I wouldn't have otherwise because of that. So, so I had some bills to pay. And then uh, I think in the course of a year, I was able to, making very little income, was still able to save and pay down thousands towards mm -hmm. that. And I've been doing uh, great. I mean, never, never better. So It was really cool. And, and uh, uh, in, in this time as well, we had also... Um, become romantically involved mm -hmm. and uh so it was really nice and you helped me with the kids and things like that so um so for me you know being a single parent wasn't you know just horrific for years and years and years like it can be for um so many single moms out there so uh myself and the kids were just really really lucky to have someone you know come into our lives that we all really enjoy just hanging out with and uh and and being able to create something together and it's, it's been really nice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's that anything else i think it should be it for for this one i love you 
enjoy making the show with you. <laughs> I love you too. You're a great co-cat. Thanks. Meow. Meow. <laughs>